This a success off another breath. This the first step in searching to be nothing less than be the best in what you do to prove their strength in being you. Learn so much in chasing dreams that I never would in school. So what's going on, guys? Kieran Eadley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast, the place where we bring mental performance and mental health together through a lens of mindfulness and science a lot of the time as well. We speak with some incredible people, uh, doctors, specialists, and uh, just some absolutely insp- inspira- inspirational, I just screwed up my intro, but we're going with it, guys, <laughs> some inspirational humans. And um, I've been actually following a bit of Morgan T. Nelson's, got the name right, uh, <laughs> work uh, um, quite a lot more recently, actually. And a lot of the message that he is speaking on is very needed uh quite quite frankly in society today in my opinion and this man uh doesn't speak empty words either he comes from a place of a self-made situation essentially this man uh who's quite literally created an exceptional life at simply the age of 28 he was financially free at 23 built a six-figure residual income at 24 Oh man, you've spoken to groups up to 6,000 people. That's insane, man. That's fantastic. And then also as well, uh, he's had a, or does have a top 10 self-development podcast, which I believe was number 13 of all time as well. Is that correct? Number 12, oh man. Yeah, I can't get that one wrong. Yeah, there you go. Got the plus one right there. Um, and essentially, uh, this podcast is the Dream Out Loud uh, experience. Is that correct? But then also as well, you're the founder of the Dream Out Loud method. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, beautiful. Uh, that's it, brother. That's it. And Today, I really want to speak a lot on uh, how one can not only monetize their passion, but also as well stay aligned with their values and develop a life of success, which is exactly what you've created, Morgan. Uh, There's actually quite a few things I want to dive into around, uh, yes, the success factor, but then also as well, uh, this concept of, if you will, the fulfillment factor. So this concept of creating this internal fulfillment wall as as well, building this situation of success, because I myself work with a lot of people in the success space that do not have that internal fulfillment. And it's almost more problematic sometimes for a lot of people that have uh, reached the state of external success and then lack this internal fulfillment. And it's scary because now they've gone off and, you know, created the situation that they thought would create the internal fulfillment which then actually led to no internal fulfillment. So now it's like, well, what now? So hopelessness is natural. Uh, fear is natural. Overwhelm is natural. Uh, and anxiety can also unfortunately be natural um, for these people, which is why I actually end up working with a lot of them. So um, I'd love to actually just start off um, before we even go into uh, really anything, man. And I'd love to hear more about how you even created a situation where you became, when you went from broke as well. So I, I, went, I don't want to miss that part out. At 21 and two years later, became financially free and then another year later you're at a six-figure residual income which is insane for a 24 year old so what was the story behind this and and tell us about that 21 year old that was financially broke and what happened what changed to that point where you're 23 24 yeah yeah absolutely well kieran thanks so much for having me on man thanks so much for the intro i'm, I'm stoked to be here and provide like a ton of value mm-hmm. for for all of you guys that are listening here um yeah so it's a funny thing and and 
like it, it didn't all start at 21, but yeah, 21, I was just completely freaking clueless. And however, I was at that cusp where, you know, I think for every single person to really kind of create any sort of real change in their life is they've got to get to a point where it's more painful to stay where we are than it is to actually step into what it is we want to create, who we need to become, what we want to do. And what happened was I was on a, I was on a call literally right before here with uh, a new client of mine. And she's like, Morgan, I'm, I'm ready. Like, I really need this. And I was like, yeah, I can really see you already now because it's like when we've, we've known each other for a while and she's just so sort of screwed around. And now she's like, I'm, I'm fed up. And I could see she was really at the point where she's like, it's more painful for me to stay where I am than it is for me to actually do the thing now. So what have you got, you know? And that's what happened to me at 21, where before that, I was, I was kind of unaware. I was just like, just going through the motions. I was like, this is what happens, right? And already, you know what I mean? So I'll back it up a little bit more super quickly, then we can dive into wherever you want to go. But mm. when I when mm. I finished school, like I stayed to year 12 for the parties and the girls. Like that's the only reason I was at school still, because I was, it was super fun. I was like, I don't want to go into the, the real world yet and give up all this. This is great. I'm never going to get this time back. But what happened was I finished school and I had a really shitty score. So here in Queensland, in the state I'm in, in Australia, um, you get this score and pretty much what they, it, what they tell you it means is this score will determine how successful you can become in life. And if you've got a really good score, you can go study something really great at university, hence you then can go become very successful. And if you don't get a very good score, you can't go to university, so then you can't get a good job, so you won't be successful. So straight away, the programming was put in place like, a, you need a good score to be successful. B, you need to go to university to become successful. And C, if you can't do those two things, then good luck in life pretty much. <clears throat> and I finished with one of the worst scores ever. I was like, man, fire up. Maybe I should have listened through school. But then I was like, well, okay, what's real now? Okay, I can't go back and change life. What can I do? What I, what I could do is just actually get clear. Like, what do I, what do I really want to do? Because all my friends are going away to university. They're all doing all this stuff and... I'm not too convinced that they're happy or I don't know that any 17-year-old, 18-year-old, frick, any 25-year-old even really knows what they want to do in this world. So how can we mm. be pushed into getting into debt at such a young age to go study something that we're not even sure yet? You know, it just makes no sense. So I took some time to be like, what do I need? I need money. Can I go get a job? What do I want to do? I want to travel. I just want to enjoy my freaking life because I always visualized living this life of freedom. And I think we all did, didn't right? Didn't we? Like, I think we all did. Absolutely, if we think back yeah. When we were Ten years Absolutely. old, eleven years old. It's like, yeah, it's like we're gonna be rich and famous, right? It's like what everybody fucking thinks about. But then what happens is along the way, society tells us you can't do that. Okay, when are you gonna grow up? Hey, okay, it's all great to have those dreams, but you know maybe you should get a joy. This is my favorite one. What's gonna be your plan B? Well, motherfucker, I don't need a plan B Aww. if I'm so convinced that my plan A is gonna work. <laughs> you know, because like the, I've yeah. never had a plan B for shit. Because it's like, you know when you know your why you know where you're going and you keep taking action until it works you have no option other than failure mm. sorry you have no option mm. other mm. than success right and so these are <laughs> all things that get programmed into uh, us yeah. right we get programmed of all this stuff so for a while i started to believe it and i was like man okay so i went and traveled europe i came back i was dead broke and i was like damn i want i want this freedom again where i could just wake up and jump on a train and go to a new country for one. I want to be able to just have freedom. Like, how come we can't just have that? And so what I thought was, okay, I need to go get a job so I can save up money. So I can, what if I could do a two-month travel every year? That'd be pretty dope. 
and mm. come back. A friend of mine gives me a job as a carpenter. I was like, yeah, I could build some shit. That'd be pretty fun. And what happened was I started to get around the environment of tradies and the environment of just toxicity, negativity, drinking. And like I started going to the pub every day after work. So drinking, drugs, partying, fighting, all this stuff. And I thought I was doing anything I could to to become successful in because I wanted to become a carpenter, right? I was like, yeah, I'm going to get qualified. I'm going to be a builder one day. And if I can become retired by the time of 45 by being a builder, then that's awesome. So I was doing right. anything I could to to go through the journey. And what happened was I was 19 years old. We had to go away for work. And I found myself working 75 hours a week in 40 plus degree heat. It was freaking insane. And everyone that around us was just on drugs all the time, superly, super depressed, for the first time ever, I found this thing called anxiety. I remember saying this to somebody, I was like, I feel really anxious and I'm not sure why. And yeah. And what what eventually happened was I was using drugs to wake up, drugs to keep going through the day, drugs to go to sleep at night. And this was just this environment, this wheel that I couldn't get off. And I got to such a point where I was just so like um, empty inside where I literally remember thinking, I was like, how did it get to here? this like this sucks i thought you know life was gonna be so cool and i thought it was gonna be more painful to stay here than it would be to leave you know and i was 19 years old i try to take my own life and thankfully we're really shit at everything we do in the beginning because i failed <laughs> right so, so gratefully, talk, I'm still do you here. mind talking us and, through that because that i feel like that's going to resonate with a lot of people as well because i actually do know quite a few people that have been or are in mm -hmm. a similar situation to just what you just shared there so what was that experience like and what actually led to the tipping point of wanting to attempt to take your own life um that you just shared that's that's really deep brother really yeah deep. Well, the biggest thing was the environment. You know, there's mm. two two parts of our environment. We have external environment and internal environment. These are the things I had no idea about at the time. And I realized after, because I, I reverse engineered it. And I said, how can I be at such a hole right now? How can I feel so empty? How can I feel um, like no one's there for me? How can I feel like I really don't care to anybody now? And then at one point in my life, also feel like, the world's my oyster and I'm enjoying my mm. life because I'm sure we can all remember that. We, there's, you can absolutely go back to a time in your life where you're just joyful. You're having a great experience, whether it be at school or growing up or whatever. And then you can be here. And it's like, here's the thing. We, we have a strategy to get to any emotional state. And it's just about figuring out what the strategy is. So, so if somebody is listening to this right now and it's like, and, and they're saying, right, and it is the first thing, labeling with depression or anxiety. And this is mm -hmm. like, this is where I disagree with, like there's lots of people out there in Australia, especially we've got this big, big thing that's like black dog awareness. And it's like, and people often come to me and like, Hey, can you help support this or blah, blah, blah. Or can we talk about depression? I say, no, I don't want to talk about this because I don't want to put more energy. I don't want to put more focus into the problem. Mm, Hence mm. why I teach everything about how to be preventative. Mm. I teach people how to build a strong mindset internally and externally, a great environment. And I teach people how to, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm having that impact. However, I'm just not talking about it because it's the same thing as what Mother Teresa said. She's like, never invite me to an anti-war rally. However, I'll be at every pro-peace rally there is. I love that. So it's mm. like so much to do with where we're putting our focus. And if people are struggling mm. going through this right now, I challenge you actually think about what are you focusing on right now and, and what are you labeling? How are you identifying to it? Like, are you actually saying, hey, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. 
you know, because when we actually focus on this, we create our own internal environment. And, you know, and I, and I know some people listening was like, well, it's easy for you to say you've got this life now. And, and like, I can understand where you're coming from. However, in order to sort of start shifting and becoming a different uh, person, we start shifting the way that we look at ourselves now. And it, it starts with that, you know, so our physical environment around this is going to determine the thoughts that we're, that we're thinking. So if we're around 10 negative, broke, unhappy, depressed people, we'll become the 11. Because we'll just start talking their language, acting the same way, doing the same things, exactly what I do. I start drinking every day, having drugs every day, mm. talking about negative shit every day. And then as soon as I changed my environment, I came back down to the Gold Coast, started getting around happy people that were thriving, that were going to the beach, exercising my body. You know, because our environment isn't just what's physically, it's what's, what we're consuming, what we're watching, hearing, mm. feeling, touching, eating. So I started changing my diet. So I putting good, good food in my body, getting around better people, starting exercising because exercising alone starts to release actual endorphins, which is like anti-depressing mm. feelings. So, you know, so there's, there's so many things I started to do there. But back to your question, what led me to it was literally just that. I think just feeling it was all the drugs and shit. So once again, putting negative things into me, consuming yep. a lot of negative shit, toxic things, thoughts, people's opinions um i was letting people control me and my self-worth was just so fucking low where yeah i don't know i was just like this this fucking sucks you know and i i mm. can't really remember the exact like what like was the thought leading up to it where i was like okay i'm gonna do it i don't think it was like a planned thing i think i was just like so doped up and i was just like fuck this fuck everything mm, mm. you know um mm. But most importantly, what I realized from there is just that exact thing like I was saying. If I can get to this point right now in my life and I've also been at a real high point, all I need to do is figure out how did I get to that high point before? And the first thing I, I like did, that. I changed my environment. Right? Mm. I started getting around different people and I just realized and that was the thing. I made the decision right then and perhaps if you're listening, you can make the decision now or you can make the decision when you finish listening to this to also choose the people you're surrounding yourself with, right? Because what I decided was that nothing would ever be more important to me ever than my happiness. So I never put an income, I never put a job, never put a relationship, never put anything oh, in front of yes. me being happy since then. And it's, especially if there's guys listening, it's very easy for guys to do this, to become the, the pleaser, to become the, you know, especially in relationships, like, you know, doing what they can to sort of help people and, you know, be that provider. And... And then we don't talk about it, you know, because men don't talk about feelings, right? And yeah, yeah. and then it's very easy to sort of get into that point where it, like, like we're doing so much for other people and nothing for us. So it's important to sort of take a step back and actually look like, well, look, look at it all and be like, well, what are we doing? Where's our energy? Where's our focus going? So I changed my environment physically and emotionally, like what, what's coming in me, like my food, what am I digesting? What am I consuming? Who's the people around me? And naturally, that led me to the next thing. So I, I talk about these four pillars of success. Like that's what the whole Dream Out Loud method is taught around. Is I truly believe there's four pillars to creating your dream life. And the first one starts with your environment. If you're around shitty people, you're not creating anything great. Mm. I'm just telling you that mm. right now. Mm. If you're still using drugs and 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 having shit food all the time, it's, it's going to be hard as well. So we get people to really shift their environment first. And the second one is your vehicle. So when you start 
surround yourself with better people and you start thinking better and your vessel is clear you just start to have more intuition more creativeness and better ideas and there's so many different things for vehicles so what happened to me when i was 21 so it took me a couple of years of really starting to just like figure out what what is what feels good for me. Mm. So that's taking a pay cut to do what I enjoy each day. Mm. So I was making more money working up north, but my life sucked. <laughs> Hence, when we talk about success, which I know you want to talk about, I challenge people to think, what does success mean to them? Because yeah. I've met people that are making a million bucks a month and they feel like they're not successful. Yeah. Like how? And then I've met someone... You, you can go to, I used to live in Bali. You can go to Bali and meet some of the villages uh, and, and they, That's they where I connected so with you. Life. It's like That's where I connected with you, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah right, it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, because you can meet these people that have a different perspective. They have a different meaning. They have a different rules for what success means to them. So it's not really what is in life. It's what we, what meaning we attach to what is. That's what makes or breaks mm-hmm. us. And if we're going to look at the past things that have happened in our past, let's say if some horrendous things have happened, you've been, you've been raped or you try to commit suicide or fucking whatever, some crazy shit. Because there's people that I've met before that have also been through what I've been through. Similar situations, right? And they're still going through it years later. And I, and I just wonder how come. It's because the meaning that they associate with it, that's, that's, that's what's going to keep coming up. So if they look back at it, be like, see, because I tried to do that, yeah, maybe they even got such such a bad hole. It's like I could look back and be like, I failed at everything. I even failed at trying to kill myself, right? You could beat yourself up so much. Or you can go back and be like, because of that, I'm so much stronger than I ever was. Yeah. I'm more confident. I've got more clarity. And, and now I understand why I'm putting it is to help other people not get to that point, which I truly mm. believe that's what's happened to me. Mm. So mm. it's the meaning that we're attaching to events in the past. Okay. And then the fast forward my story, I found the vehicle at 21. I, uh, I got introduced to network marketing while I was building carpentry, uh, while I was still a carpenter. I saw network marketing. I was like, sweet, this is, looks great. I've got some friends here that are doing really well. I'm going to build this as a side hustle. Maybe it can be a thing. And then I just kept building, kept building, kept building it, forced to the next pillar of success, which is the right timing. You know, we you can have the right environment. You can have the right vehicle. Like how many people do you know that have their own business or they've got an incredible opportunity there or a vehicle and then perhaps they're around the right people or they're, th- and they're healthy, but it's still not happening for them yet. How come? Because they still associate more pain to doing the work than staying where they are, like I said at the start of this. Mm. So in order to find the right time, it's really about bringing forward, how can you change your mindset to a point where it's more painful to actually stay exactly where you are than to actually do the work you need to do to keep going? So that clicked for me about 21, 22, sorry, 22, 23 quickly blew up my business. The fourth one is becoming the right you, which is massively to do with beliefs, values, and your attitude. And I, I threw all that together and 23 years old, yeah, I booked a one-way ticket to Mexico, moved to Mexico because, you know, that was always my dream. Like going back to when I was 18 years old at school, it's like, I just want to live on a beach, have margaritas and tacos. How come this can be so hard? It took me four or five years to figure it out, but I figured it out, you know? And it, it can be simple and it can be really, really hard and really determines uh, how you want to focus on it, what you want to make it mean. Mm. So two things. Firstly, where in Mexico did you go? And secondly, uh, what was the business idea that you're working on at that point in time to generate what it is you generated? Yeah, so I moved to Puerto Escondido, 
Oh, I don't even know that place. On the West Coast. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's beautiful. Like it, it's like the undiscovered part of Mexico still. Uh, like so undiscovered where you can travel, man, 30, 40 minutes south and there's no electricity. Wow. Like it's crazy, but it's an awesome little beach town, yoga town, food town. Like it's, it's just gorgeous. I, I loved it there. And sunsets every day, hammocks, tacos, and no shit. When I used to go to work as a carpenter, I'd always think about my vision. It's like, you know, I'm going to be Mexico, Mexico, Mexico. And I just had this vision in my head of what this, what Mexico looked like for me. And it was this beach and it was hammocks and palm trees and sunset and everything. And when I was moving to Mexico, I, I called one of my mates who's traveled all around. And I said, I moved to Mexico. Where should I go? He goes, dude, there's two places. Either go to Sayulita or go to Puerto Escondido. Okay. And I said, okay. I flipped the coin. I went, let's go to Puerto Escondido. We rock up there and no shit on the main street. It's the exact vision I had in my head for years. I was like, wow, I manifested the absolute shit out of this. Like, it was just, it was crazy. Um, and, and the vehicle that I was using at the time was um, network marketing. So I started that at 21. Uh, I built financial freedom from that at 23. And then, yeah, built that into a six-figure income at 24. It's now turned into a global business. I think we've got uh, nearly 6,000 customers wow. now in uh, 16 countries all around the world. Some I don't even speak English or have even visited um you know and for so long and still today like that's still a vehicle mm. so that that if people come to me like i want to create an online income i want to create impact i want to create freedom it's like i still can't think of a better business model for someone to jump into someone who wants to flex their entrepreneurial muscle and and start building something for themselves mm. and that's an interesting um, one actually brother um like i um i was a part of amway for a little bit when i lived in australia for a little bit um and it was great like, i learned a lot it wasn't for me i didn't feel aligned with um overall what it was simply because it wasn't my product or was it my service um so it was um sort of there was a disconnect there um however i learned a lot and i definitely do not regret at all the time that i spent with amway um so i think it is a fantastic um step absolutely for someone stepping into the entrepreneurial journey so i'd love to hear what that was for you as well what was the um business you're with the company uh, I was with a company called, I'm, I'm still with a company mm. called Isogenics. Oh, um, beautiful. So they're like yeah. massive health and wellness company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and let's talk about alignment. Um, you know, they just create the most incredible freaking products, most loving company, family, culture, you know, where you can sort of come in as whoever you are, like remove your mask, be shop authentically as you. I've seen millionaires present on stage wearing a singlet and no shoes, you mm. know, because like if you just be you and it's, this is in this whole world where People are having to wear masks to to look good in front of people. Um, it was really refreshing to sort of see this company being like, you can be whoever you are here and become really successful. And it was that was really cool for me. But I was having a conversation the other week with Les Brown, right? I had him on my show awesome. and I asked him, I said, Les, I heard through the grapevine, I was like, you have done network marketing before. He said, yes, of course I have. So where do you think I learn all my skills? You know, and he's a Les Brown voice. And and he's like, I built three companies. I'm like, wow. And he really started to sort of say to me, he's like, where do you, that's where I learn all my skills. It's like, it's like I learn how to sell, learn how to prospect, follow up, present, build teams, build systems, be a leader, speak on stages, be influential and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's so true, you know, in a world where, so many people are still kind of lost and not sure. It's like, I always just say to people, go jump into our team, 
start building because it's a high income skill set. Like, fuck, even if you don't make any money, which is like not impossible, but like if you come in and you do it and you do what we show you, it's going to work for you. But the best thing, you're going to build you. Like, and it's about building this asset. And like you said, like you didn't regret anything. It's about who can you become? Because now I've taken, like my podcast blew up because of my connections I, I had through network marketing mm. because of the person I've become. Like mm. I know how to present. I know how to get people on my show. I know how to do things like this, market, branding. And now there's so many things I've learned that I'm now putting into my company now, but the whole Dream Out Loud business has come to life through all my skills, my my networks, my contacts, and my income that I've built through network marketing. I think people think it has to be one thing they when they're thinking about finding their passion, find their vehicle or whatever. It's going to be one thing, but all you need to do is find the one thing for now. So yes, like don't do 20 things at once and call yourself a oh, OnlyFans so person, an entrepreneur, <laughs> 4X, fucking network marketing. Did you this, just drop this, the like, OnlyFans? Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, drop that. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> right? and, like, I'm all for multiple income streams. However, focus yeah. stands for follow one course until successful. And Ooh. I'm a big believer in it's like, find mm. one thing, find one thing, go all in on it and build it to a six-figure income so you've got some comfortability, so you've got some income, but you you can't grow a six-figure income without building yourself and becoming a really awesome you. And then Boom. if you want to do some other things, it's like you, you can, that's how to really build better success. And like some people have followed me for a while now and they're like, looks like you're doing so much great things. Like, yeah, like, what are you doing? They're like, oh, nothing. You know, it's like, I'm doing things because I'm doing one thing, crushing it, and then another thing, and then another thing. It, because if I was to do it all at once five years ago, I'd fail them all. You know, then I'd think I'm a piece of shit and I'd go back and get a job. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I just want to touch on that, brother, because um, in creating my ideal life, there were quite a few things I resonate with. One in particular was trying to do too many things at once um, was one, and then the second mm-hmm. was the factor of I need a better strategy rather than I need to develop myself. And so those were um, two big mistakes that I made. Well, not I won't even call them mistakes because they were learnings, they were lessons, right? There were things that helped grow me. But um, yeah, one in particular was I remember I tried to start like two different business concepts while I was trying to build a personal trainer brand. And then I was trying to build my social media presence and just so many different things, man. I I put myself in $20,000 Australian in debt and credit card debt um, doing all this. And um, I you know, mm. got physically, practically, um, uh, monetization wise, nothing out of it. Um, but I, on monetary wise, nothing out of it, but I did learn a lot and I grew a lot. And it's because of that, that helped me to realign, but definitely massively resonate with that. Want to do the one thing and do it really well. And then the second point that you raised, which yeah. was the self-development factor. Um, the only reason why I've been able to create a, um, a, a very highly successful coaching business that I'm operating at the moment and then also moving on to my second business is simply because of the fact that, the fact that I have a deep sense of confidence within that's come from self-development, not because I've had the right strategy. I've had many uh, terrible strategies <laughs> and I saw today use many terrible strategies, I got to admit, um, that you know people, you know, business mentors would say are terrible strategies, but they work for me simply because of that um, deep sense of confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I thank you for touching on that. It's something that I don't really actually hear too much, um, too often. Like, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you've just failed your way to success. Am I wrong? Boom, that's just it, brother. That's just right. It. And often people 
try to avoid failure. Like mm. it's a bad thing. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. Like the first thing is failure is actually a prerequisite of success. Mm. If you want to create any kind of success in absolutely anything, you need to look for how you can fail. Because here's the thing. Now I'll tell you a story first. So Please. when I, you like this one because it's in New Zealand. Hey. I, we came, we, uh, me, me and my mate, we attempted to actually run like a travel company a little while ago. Mm, mm. Um, just pause as well. You said you and your mate, right? Um, I used to say that when I was over in the States and they'd be like, what, are you guys banging or something? Or? <laughs> you and your buddy? Uh, yeah, yeah. My, you and your yeah, buddy? Yeah, me yeah, and my buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, no, me and me my and mate. buddy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, we, we created this, uh, we, we just sort of put out and we're like, hey, if we're going to create a, a holiday... Who would want to come? We had a bunch of people be like, yeah. So we created this like fucking badass tour in New Zealand. Mm. So we're like, okay, we're doing a snow trip. We're going there. We, we took about eight or nine. It was really fun. It was actually, it was just me and my mate and they're all women. And we look wow. at each other on the trip like, how do we create this? <laughs> but I'm not complaining, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is a wild. And um, so we get there, right? And I said everybody had been all, because I was A, the person who organized the whole thing. It was my show. And B, I just like, like to be cocky sometimes and have some fun so i was like i'm gonna be the best snowboarder out of all of you guys like i'm gonna crush it you know like you know we're all gonna do it like because we're all learning together except reese reese really knew how to snowboard <clears throat> but the rest of us we ought to get lessons and i was like i'm gonna be the best yeah blah 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 day one we're getting all we're all getting lessons and here we are and we're she's teaching us all i was the shittest I was so bad where, you know, one of my other girlfriends at the time, she was, she was doing way better than me. Like she was picking it up and, she, and I was like, oh my God, like even you're better than me. Like what? This sucks. You know, we were all so shit to the point where at the end of this class, the, te- the instructor says to us, look guys, you're not that good yet. I wouldn't recommend any of you go on the big slopes today probably even your trip, but at least today because you just have a really bad time and you're not going to enjoy it. So just stick to the baby thing and keep practicing. And I said, what the hell was this chick know? And I was like, oh, maybe I'll listen to it. Okay. So here's, here's the program. Okay. I'll listen to it because, oh, she should know best, right? But how does she know my potential? How does she know my attitude? How does she know the willingness I have to put in and learn? And so what happened is we all go to this baby thing and we get on the little escalator it's not even like in the chairs. It's, it's like literally like an escalator up the slope because it's so small. They're not going to put chairs there. It's like a meter <laughs> freaking incline. We're going up the thing. It's like really slow. We get to the top. I'm like, okay, here we go, guys. Our first big hill. I jump down, fall on my face, fall on my face, fall on my face, fall on my face. It sucked so bad. I was like, man, this sucks. This is what, so this is what I decided. I was like, I'm going to keep falling on my face and this isn't enjoyable for me because I'm not that good at it. Um, but I don't, I don't want to keep doing this baby shit anymore. So my friend Reese, he comes down the slope and he, he was on the big slope. So he goes, oh, you should come try the big one with me. And I just thought right then that time, I was like, what did I first say? What was my goal when I came on this trip? I said, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be better than all of you guys. So now I have my goal. Now I reverse engineer and I think, okay, now what's my strategy? If my outcome is to be the best, what's my strategy got to be? Easy. It's a bulletproof system. You can't fail through absolutely anything you do in life. All I need to do is find more ways to fail than these guys can even try. And by law, I will be better. So I said, sure, 
I'm going to go on the big slopes against what the instructor said. Whatever, let's go on the big slopes. We'll go right to the top. And that's exactly what I did because I went to the point of no return. You want to create any kind of success? You want to create something awesome? There's that story of those, uh, I think when they invaded Mexico, it's like they burnt the bridges, they they burnt their boats where there's like, we're either going to die or we're going to take over this place. We've got no option other than to, 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 to win here. So you take yourself to the top of the slope, you get no option but to go down. And I'm going to go down on my ass, on my face or on my board, but I'm going down. And that's exactly what happened. I went down this thing, just boof, 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 the whole way. <laughs> but then what happened is I started to stand up for 30 seconds and then I'd fall down. Mm. Then stand up for a minute, then fall down. And then two minutes and fall down. I get to the bottom 30 minutes later and I'm doing turns, I'm having fun. I get down and everyone's looking at me. They're like, what on earth happened? I kept repeating this. I still guarantee you, I fell over more times than anybody else had even had a turn. Like I just felt I failed more times. And then by the end of it, I was fucking killing it, man. I was doing like, I was like mm. using the, I was grinding. I was doing 180s. And this is three days after snowball. Wow. Only because I was so relentless to actually just fail as much as I could. Because here's the thing. Mm. Why are we programmed to not like failure? Because in school, you get punished when you fail. If you fail, that equals you can't go to university, which equals you can't become successful. If you fail, mm. you get in trouble. If you fail, you need to repeat. If you fail, so on. But in life, you get rewarded for failing. The more, the more you fail, the more successful you become. Mm. And once you really kind of get that through your head and you fall in love with failing, because all it is, it's feedback. There's no such thing as failure. It's just feedback. It's like yeah. you take action, fall on your face as fast as you can so you can get back up and go, okay, sweet. What, what went right? What went wrong? How can I change it and do it better next time? And then you dash yourself off and you go again. And I think the only time people can get so disheartened with failure is because they're focusing, they're putting all their happiness in the result. Like When I get this, then I'm going to feel worthy. Then I'm going to feel happy. Therefore, if I'm failing now, this is shit and it's not worth it. But what if you put all of your worth, all of your happiness attached to the result of just trying so it doesn't matter if you if it worked it doesn't matter if it failed you go hey i'm proud of myself i feel great about myself and i'm happy because i'm, I'm actually doing something where so many other people choose not to and when you start to flip that and you fall in love with the happiness in the pursuit not the pursuit of happiness you'll become more successful boom boom and to the person that is wanting to start making that shift what do you say to them to the person that's wanting to make the shift, yeah. I'm going to ask them, why, why must you change now? I love that. And at first, you need to get clear because it's like you can want to change, but you need to get it to a point where it's like, I must change now. And that's what I did with my call this morning before this. I, I asked her, I said, why must you change now? And she gave me all these reasons and she was in tears. Wow. And I'm um, beautiful. Mm. Like, yeah, you need to get to the point where it's like, I'm fucking fed up with where I am. You know, there's this story of this little boy walking down the street and you can hear this dog crying and howling. He's like, what the fuck's wrong with this? Where's this dog coming from? He's walking down the street and he sees this house and this old man sitting on the porch and next to him is this dog. And the dog's just sitting there. He's making so much noise and he's crying. He's crying and crying and howling. And the little boy 
couldn't understand why this old man was just sitting there letting his dog be in so much pain by the sound of it. So he goes up to the old man and he says to him, hey, mister, what's wrong with your dog? He's crying. And the old man says to the little boy, he's like, well, you see, son, he's sitting on a nail. And he goes, well, why doesn't he just get off the nail? And the old man says, well, because it doesn't hurt enough for him yet. And we'll continually sit on our nail. We'll continually sit in the pain. We'll continually sit in the not being happy with what we have and where we are until we get to the point of going, I'm fucking fed up. I'm over this. This is too painful to stay here. I'm taking action because we mm-hmm. naturally will do anything to avoid pain. We want to avoid pain and gain pleasure. That's, that's the only thing that operates our human system. Anything to avoid pain, gain pleasure, even if it's against our values. Mm. So most people that unfortunately perceive discomfort, so pushing the comfort zone or, or taking action as painful. Because it's like, oh, I don't want to, I'm scared to talk to that person. That's painful, so I'm going to stay here. So they, they trick themselves out of it and they think that by doing nothing, it's less painful, which it is right now in the moment. You get that instant gratification, be like, oh, sweet. Thank fuck, I don't have to stretch myself. I don't have to do that thing today. But what's going to be the result of not doing that five years in a row? Small bad habits compounded daily over time. If you smoked one cigarette and you got throat cancer straight away, would anybody smoke cigarettes? Of course not. But it's because people get throat cancer after smoking 10 cigarettes a day for 40 years. And then it Mm. happens. So it's the small compounding effect of negative habits daily, you know, and that's what Darren Hardy told me. I was, I was in Maui um, speaking at an event together with Darren Hardy, the founder of Success Magazine, and he told me two really incredible things. That was, that was the first thing. He's like, your little tiny negative habits, so little things is complaining, blaming, justifying, skipping the gym, not doing that extra rep. Um, you know, all these little tiny things that are just negative or having a drink every day or having cigarettes or taking drugs, like all these things that's like, well, it feels good now. But what's going to be the result of you doing that every single day for the next 20, 30 years? And it's about a matter of being able to pull that pain into now and go far out. It's actually more painful, way worse to do this than to uh, not do it. <laughs> you know, I've got to actually start mm. doing the thing, even as a small bit of discomfort and pain now. I've got to push through that and keep going and keep going because eventually, because if you do what's easy, life's going to be hard. And if you do what's hard, life's going to be fucking easy. Oh, yeah, I love that. And that's not a pessimistic outlook either, right? It's um, it's very easy to see that as sort of pessimism of, well, why would I look at the negative, you know? Um, but it's not looking at the negative. Yes. It's actually looking at it's about it, being realistic. Um, a positive opportunity. Exactly, exactly. And that's where things can be problematic. Yeah, you know, so there's three kinds of people. There's three kinds of people. There's people who sit there and they complain about the wind. That's the pessimists. They sit there and they complain, oh, fuck me. You know, the wind's so bad today. If only it was blowing in the right direction, my ship would go this way and it would all be good. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Then the second person, they're the manifester or they're whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to hope the wind will change for me. Or they're the overly uh, optimistic. But they're just like, oh, I'm just, it's, it will get better. It will get better. Don't worry. The wind will change. I'll put my crystals out in alignment. When the full moon comes, I'll meditate and we'll hum together. And it's going to happen for me. I have trust. 
And then the third person just gets up and they change the fucking sales. Mm. The third person is the realist, is the re- is is the realist, and they just go, "This isn't working how I want it to be working. How can I change my environment? How can I change what I'm doing to fit what is?" Yes, and we're seeing this happen massively right now through COVID and stuff. People getting locked down and whatever. Instead of being that first person, being like, right, first person complaining about it, or the second person going, I hope it's just going to change. How about being the third person going, okay, this is what it is. What if we are locked down for another five years? What if this never changes? Mm. What can I create from this? This is what it is right now. What can I do with what's happening to me? Mm. Okay. And to sort of back up a bit, you're saying for the people who are wanting to create the change now, one thing that stops a lot of people is, is this thing. They say, I know that. And yeah, this is the other thing Darren Hardy taught me. And it's so funny. It's like some of the worst words that can come out of our mouth is I know that because what happens is as soon as we say, I already know that Morgan, I already know that because a lot of the stuff I, I'm going to say, not going to be new or it might be mm. different reframed or whatever. And so easy for people to think, oh yeah, okay, that was a good podcast, but I, I already know that. When me and Darren Hardy had dinner that night after he talked and he comes up to me and goes, Morgs, how did you enjoy today? Did you get a lot of value from it? And I said, yeah, you know, it was pretty good. Uh, definitely pretty good. You know, I kind of already knew a fair bit of that stuff. And this was me, 24 years old. I thought I was the shit. And he goes, you knew it. So let me ask you a question. Do you do it? And does your bank account show it? And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so here's the thing. It's like, yeah. we can hear all this stuff. We can hear all this stuff about self-development, self-improvement and everything. And, and it's so easy to go, oh, but I already know that. Because people are waiting for the fucking secret but the secret is just themselves the secret is just actually applying what they've learned and becoming that one percent better daily letting it compound positively for them over time instead of negative decreasing Mm. habits over time beautiful beautiful and um i know that we're coming near the end of the um podcast my brother um but before we do actually wrap it up because i know that um you need to jump in a moment I do want to ask what that, um, what do you mind just in a succinct way, just reflecting what those four pillars of success are just really briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so it's the right environment, right environment. Yeah. You need the right environment internally and then, and externally, you need the right vehicle. Yeah. You need the right timing and you need to be the right you. Right. You. Okay. Good. When you got, Dive when you got that. all those things. Yeah. When you got all those things in together, you got to be creating your dream life. You're going to have your dream life, you know, because it's all about just self-discovery. And then every single new level is a new devil. It's really funny. Like I, I use those four things for everything. And I came back to Australia at the start of last year and I wasn't entirely happy with, like, I felt like I got to a new level. I was like, oh, well, I want another income. I want more income, blah, blah, blah. So where, where should I start, Morgan? And I asked myself, well, are you in the right environment to create what it is you want next? And I said, no. Okay. How do I get into that new environment? I just started back at the start. New environment, new vehicle, mm. new timing, new me. Mm. Nothing's ever going to change. Beautiful, beautiful. And then just um, as a final question, how does one step into this concept of fulfillment? Because you just mentioned um, this idea that success is going to be different for everyone, right? There's going to be the person that um, gets a million dollars a month and doesn't feel success. It's going to be the person that 
you know, is in mm. Bali and runs a little side store, a little pop-up store and feels successful, right? So um, there's that concept, but there's also fulfillment. You mentioned the internal environment and I know we touched on that briefly, but how does one actually step into this concept of fulfillment? Well, the key to living is giving. Mm. So finding how can you do more for others than what you do for yourself in in a positive way, not being a people pleaser, yeah. but looking for ways where you can actually go, how can I start donating? How can I start actually doing more? How can I create my income and my purpose around creating an impact? Mm-hmm. Like that's gonna be a great way to find fulfillment. And that's the first one. Second one is no no more comparing. In a world like now, social media where there's so much fake bullshit, so many rented Lamborghinis and all those fucking fake relationships happening yeah. and people are watching it going far out. I wish I could have that, but it's absolute bullshit. So as soon as we can stop comparing about what we have to what somebody else has, I think that's going to create a lot more, lot more fulfillment, a lot more happiness in your life anyway. Mm. And the other one is work out what your definition is, is of success. Mm. Because there's people that make a lot less than you. They're a lot more successful than you in their own rights. And who are we doing this for? You or others? Mm. Like who are we doing life for? Ourself or are we doing it for uh, like trying to get approval and validation from everybody else? So I would say work out what does success actually mean for you? What, what are your rules of success? The first time I realized this, I was like, well, what does success mean for me? I'm going to be a millionaire in my 20s. I need to have a private jet, not just ride on. I need to own a private jet and have a Bentley. That was it. I only had three rules for success. Love that. And then when we think about it, it's like if that's my rules for success and this is this thing that I want so bad, how many times in a day can I feel that? Fucking none until I have a private jet, millionaire, you know what I mean? So then I just shifted. I was like, how can I feel successful now? Mm. And I started to change my rules to things like I work out daily. I'm, I share gratitudes daily. I make someone smile today. I make me smile. I work towards uh, a better future today. So I'm putting all my all my definition of success is the actual doing, not the result. Because I'm I'm just playing with the world, man. I'm just playing with my life. I'm having fun. I'm making an impact, making an income. I'm doing the thing, but I'm not putting this hectic. I'll be successful when, because it will just never come. And I I put all my focus in becoming sexual right now. And doing what I do want to do now. And if it doesn't bring me money or joy, I don't do it. Love that, brother. And I can almost I can I can bet as well that that doesn't decrease your motivation. It probably increases it, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, because it's like success yeah. breeds success. Like I, I wanna like straight away as soon as we go off the school, I got more calls and I could be at the beach today. I don't really have to work, right? You know, it's like you find this thing where you can just help more people. And I think that's what's really done it for me now. Like I, I just put my focus into I need to enjoy what I'm doing. I've like align it with my values. Like I know what my core values are and I, I take action in, in alignment with that versus trying to do something that isn't me, which is what I did for mm. the first five years of my adult life. Beautiful brother. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it's been such a blessing, such an honor actually having you uh, on this uh, podcast. It's um, been very, very inspiring for myself as I can guarantee um, it's been inspiring for many that has been tuning in as well. Uh, now, guys, uh, I highly recommend going and following Morgan T's stuff. Uh, he's uh, got Instagram, Facebook, um, his podcast. So where can they find you specifically if you don't mind sharing those handles? Yeah, so my Instagram, at Morgan T. Nelson, YouTube, 
Morgan T. Nelson, Facebook, Morgan T. Nelson. Or my podcast is Dream Out Loud yeah. with Morgan T. Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Just search Morgan yeah, that, T. That, Nelson, That's the best guys. place. In, yeah. Instagram, Instagram or the podcast. Instagram or the podcast. Cool. Go there. Don't go to my website because I don't know what the fuck's going on All there. All right. Cool, brother. <laughs> awesome. Well, as I love you and leave you, uh, what lights you up? What lights me up? Man. What lights me up is seeing people win. Love that. I fucking love seeing people just win at what they're good at and what they enjoy. It's awesome. Absolutely love that. Beautiful, brother. Well, thank you once again for coming on, guys. Highly recommend following Morgan. And uh, yeah, you guys know I love you. Um, so thank you once again for listening. Um, yeah, it's you guys are the reason for this podcast. So I appreciate you. Take care of yourselves. And I will see you next time. Catch ya. That's why I do this for you.